What up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Off the Top. I am your host tonight, Nate, the hungest of the Bucks. Joining us tonight in our review slash recap of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Right below me, we've got Cam. Cam, introduce yourself. Yo, what up? <laughs> we've got our brand ambassador joining us tonight, Sammy. Hi. And then, as always, Canada's like 38th greatest export. Shadow. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, what do you? I mean, it's always a different atmosphere when they go to a place international. We were discussing this last week before we when we did our prediction show. International shows just bring a different atmosphere to the you know to the ring to the show, whether you're there or watching it on TV. And last night was no exception. Would you guys agree with me on that? Absolutely, for sure. And I don't know, you know, guys, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are doing down there in the states that you're so lame with crowds, but when it comes <laughs> to like Canada or like anywhere else, we'd be bumping that shit. You're not wrong. Fair enough. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, Puerto Rico was bumping. Saudi Arabia's last show was bumping. The crowd was wild for that show. Um, last night was no exception. London usually brings the heat. They brought the heat. They brought it nuclear. It was insane. It was hot all night which made every match seem like it was a massive deal, even though some of the matches, as far as in-ring content, weren't great. Um, but it was still a very enjoyable show from beginning to end with everything seeming to serve a storyline purpose. That was the biggest thing I took away from this show was that everything seemed to propel some sort of storyline forward, and that's what we need. We need stuff like that. So, without further ado, we can just kind of dip right into this. We'll go right in each match one by one and write the whole show, what we thought about it. So, we'll start with the opener. What did you guys think of that opener? Shadow, I'll let you start. Oh, man. Just just so we're clear, and y'all can rewind the tape on this, I called that winner for that money in the bank. I did. And y'all thought I was crazy for that shit. But to me, it was great back and forth. You're setting up either a Ricochet and Logan feud, or you're setting up an LA Knight and Logan feud. Something setting up for SummerSlam with just how that match played out. Um, the great back and forth where they had the crowd almost believing that LA was going to win. That was great. Just right at the cusp, and then oh no, he's got taken away. You know, um, kudos, kudos to all the men involved in that match, but especially Ricochet for protecting Logan on that absolute. Oh, it would look so bad afterwards. It, it but like, yeah, he protected <laughs> Logan so well in that Spanish. Uh, Jesus the Christ! Spanish sorry. What the fuck? Anyway, some people are setting off fireworks. But yeah, he, he protected him so well on that. So kudos to him. Um, for me, it was great. Con- like, you couldn't ask for a better ladder match. I mean, it's not in my top 10 by any means. But it was definitely good for the participants involved. Everybody seemed to be really invested in it. Um, I, I didn't really like Shinsuke and... Being involved because it really made no sense in the long story of things. 
neither with uh, Escobar. It made no sense with it. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, my rating on that match, I'm giving it. We're going at five. I'm giving it a two and a half. Interesting, Sammy. What did you think of the Money in the Bank ladder match? I was I was I'm completely shocked. I was really hoping for LA Knight and or yeah. Logan Paul. Okay, Logan Paul. I'm becoming a bigger, bigger fan of Logan Paul. I'm not gonna lie. He is fantastic and amazing in the ring. He has the he has the skill sets and he has the also the I don't know, he just has everything. I was really hoping for him. I was very upset when he first came in there and everyone attacked his ass when the bell rang. Everyone and then, and then afterwards everyone attacked his ass again. But it was a it was a good match. Just like Shadow said, it made no sense for them two to be in there. I'll, my focus was paying attention to is Ellie Knight, Logan Paul, and Damian Priest. That was it. But just like Shadow, I I thought it could be a little bit longer. I, just, I felt like it was a little it was a little fast. Like the women's match was a bit longer, I believe. But it was a good match. I would say I would give it a three. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Cam, we'll move over to you, buddy. Oh, boy. So, th- this match, you know, this ladder match, I think, was one of the better men's Money in the Bank ladder matches I think they've had in a while. Um, I hate to sound like a broken record here and just keep repeating what everybody else is saying. <laughs> but, of course, I wanted LA Knight to win. Um, I I think for for this match, I don't know. It, it, it was a really good match. I'll give it that. Um, the, the spot that Shadow's talking about with Ricochet and Logan Paul, again, I said this on, um, a past episode on off the top about how, you know, in these particular, you know, high stakes matches, they take unnecessary spots that are very dangerous. And I get it. If you're going to do that with, you know, the ladder and and, and the environment, you know, that's what money bank ladder matches usually are, are all about, especially when they put. Someone like Ricochet in here, you know, they, they really don't care about Ricochet. They they only put Ricochet in these matches, you know, to see these, you know, circus-like acrobatic feats of, you know, him defying gravity, jumping off something high, if, stuff like that. That's I, what they do. If I, could, if I could cut you for one second while you continue your point, would you say that Ricochet is the young bucks of WWE? Get out. <laughs> I don't – I mean – I, I get I don't know if I put it like that, but I see but I see where you're, where you're going with that though. But it's just I don't I don't see them ever really doing anything with him. They literally only put him in these matches because they know he's gonna do something crazy that they're gonna you know play in video packages and things like that. They just want footage for that kind of thing. So they're, they're not ever really gonna do anything with him. And, and they put him in these matches, and he's never in the conversation of actually winning. You know, I, I can compare him to pretty much Kofi because they put Kofi in the Royal Rumble and the stuff he does in the Royal Rumble to, you know, avoid elimination. It's become comical at this point because, you know, Kofi's not going to win, but you can expect him to do something, you know, outlandish to avoid elimination. So that's that's mm-hmm. where I compare Ricochet. So the spot with Logan Paul, I didn't particularly like. You know, obviously, good save. You know, both of them came out unscathed for the most part, but it was an unnecessarily dangerous spot that I don't think needed to be put in the match. So, and, and then, of course, we got to talk about the winner. Uh, very unexpected. Give, I'll give Shadow credit where credit's due. He called that. Um, I, don't, I don't see, I, I think it's kind of sealed Damien's fate's 
or D- Damian Priest's fate because I don't see him necessarily winning the world title. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think he's probably going to go after a mid-card title, obviously, because I don't see him beating Seth, and he damn sure is not beating Roman Reigns. So I think he's going to win probably one of, the, one of the mid-card titles. I would say go go and save the U.S. championship because it's not doing anything besides d- dying in a, a thousand deaths being with uh, Austin Theory. So just based off the winner alone, I'm probably giving this match a uh, two out of five. Hey, Will. Hi, up, guys. Will? will, welcome, welcome. Um, you are just in time to give us your thoughts on the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. But real quick, just say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Thanks for, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I'm D. Will Gray. Is, so money, uh, men's Money in the Bank tonight. <laughs> we, we started men's money in the bank. Um, only you and I haven't talked about it yet, so I'll let you go ahead. Men's money in the bank can be summarized by two general concepts, and that is the fans know what they want, and WWE knows what they want. And the fans wanted LA Knight, the WWE wanted Damian Priest, and uh, you know, that's the perks of running your company is you decide who wins that. And Damian Priest wasn't a bad call. I'm not at all taking away from it. My predictions were shit anyways. Um, pretty much nothing I picked happened. So Damien is one of those guys that no matter what, he's going to be a star. Um, he's proven when he was in NXT with the North American title, he was great. He did it with the U.S. title when he was playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So I'm sure whatever they have him do with the Money in the Bank briefcase is going to be top tier. It's just a matter of that, what they have him do with it. As long as they don't so, do an Otis situation, I think they'll be fine. Agreed. How would you uh, how would you rate the match out of five? The men's money in the bank ladder match? Yeah. 2.75. If a 2.5 is just standard middle of the road, like just a basic match, it was between a 2.75 and a 3. You know, good. You know, above average, B minus. Fair enough. Um, so as far as that match goes for me, I do think it was – I was very entertained by it. I was very sports entertained. Um, <laughs> I thought – I do think Damian Priest is a good choice to win. Everyone in that pl- – everyone on the planet, it seemed, wanted LA Knight to win. But, the, like, the more I think about it, the more it does make sense to put it on Damian. The storyline with Finn Balor is – it's written itself already. So that is going to be some fireworks to watch going forward, pun intended, 4th of July almost. All right. Um, L.A. Knight, I feel like he's a guy that's going to get over no matter what. He already has. Um, he left the feud with Bray Wyatt more over than Bray Wyatt was. And, you, well, we can get into that another time. But um, L.A. Knight, I think, needs a little bit more commitment if that makes sense, like he hasn't been given that commitment yet. So for him to win the money in the bank would be kind of out of left field. I still think it would have been a good call, but I've had, I've had the day to digest it. And I do think that Damian Priest was the right call. Um, I think Damian Priest will actually go for the world heavyweight championship. I do think he is main event material. I think he is a guy who can main event pay-per-views. So that might be the only disagreement that Cam and I have on it. Um, the match itself, 
some crazy spots. Yes, we've grown standard to that. Um, Ricochet and Logan Paul doing the Spanish fly. I, I don't know if y'all picked up on it, but they kind of like they fell off. You know, they landed on the ropes there awkwardly and they tried to fix themselves. I could I heard Logan Paul and we were we rewinded it to make sure we heard him. He said, just fucking do it. So Ricochet's like, fuck it, all right, and goes. So um, in that moment, I think Ricochet kind of just made a rash decision. He probably shouldn't have made. They probably should have done something, you know, they should have improvised something like that because it, it, it was too dangerous of a spot. Um, but overall, I would say I would give that match a three out of five. I was very entertained by it, but it, it could have been a lot better. Um, so it seems like so we're all on final. I have a couple final just little tidbits. Um, one part is, and I'm sure everybody notices, the prime bottle coming out of nowhere. Uh, KSI was seated at ringside and threw it over to Logan as a boost. Yeah, the only thing I'm sad about is we didn't see KSI in a prime bottle costume again. I'm very sad. Right. About KSI could show up in a prime bottle every single week, and I would laugh my fucking ass off. I'm just gonna throw that out there. The second point, the second point I had here, with all due respect to LA Knight, but him being over as he is right now, let's move to summer when Liv was just this over. Everybody got their wish, Liv won, and then what happened? She won the next year. What I'm saying is <laughs> the fan favorite gets turned on more times than anything because wrestling fans are so fucking fickle. We don't know what we want. You guys want LA Knight to win, sure. But for how long? I, don't, I mean, I still think Liv is one of the more over women in that division right now, though, to be fair. I agree. But my... My point was the IWC is so fucking fickle on who they want to do things that by middle of next week, oh fuck that guy won. I don't like that anymore. Fuck that. That was a bad decision. Yeah, like 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 Gunther. I want I want him off. Out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think LA Knight will be fine. Um, everyone says, Oh, he's 40, he's 40, his time's running out. No, it's not. Damian Priest is the same age, for one. <laughs> and number two. L.A. Knight wasn't wrestling 300 nights a year for those 20 years. You know what I mean? Like, guys like, you know, John Cena, Randy Orton, who were, who were wrestling. Um, excuse me. Like, L.A. Knight is fine. He is in probably the best physical shape that I've ever seen him in. He's mm -hmm. fine. He, he's easily got five, six, seven years on the main roster. He's got plenty of time, yeah, and he will succeed. He will. Yeah, 40 is the new 30, okay? For real, wrestling like AJ Styles Seriously. is 46, 45, 46. If he won yeah. the WWE title tomorrow, no one would bat an eye. No, fair enough. All right, next match. All right, so the next match I feel like got overshadowed by the uh, by the ending because really and truly, I didn't think it was a bad match. Uh, but what the women's tag team match Shayna Baszler, Ronda Rousey defending against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. Okay. I think because I know. Oh, what's up, Shadow? Let's go in the same order here. That way, everybody knows their spot in the lineup. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. Um, All right. I, Shady Daddy. I sat there. You know, I sat and I watched that match. I can't. I. I couldn't get fully into it because I don't wasn't that invested into it to begin with. Um, I went to the bathroom. I can't. I went back inside. 
Like I came out after I went to the bathroom. I didn't go outside to go to the bathroom. I'm a bat red. Um, and I seen that Shayna turned on Ronda. And I'm like, what the? F-? And then my wife's like, what is going on? Like it was such a shock and awe moment that they really took away from the whole match, in my opinion. Oh yeah. So the the match itself, I give it a solid a star and a half because it really. There wasn't much to it. The ending really stole the show, which bumps it up to about a three. So, that's my opinion. Yeah. Will, we'll throw it over to you. Let's go in a circle here. Fantastic. Which match did you did you go to the in match order? Did we go to Ronda and Liv next? Yes. Uh, that, that was the second match. Was Oh, I skipped one. Didn't, no, I didn't. That was the second match. No, 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 no. I'm just making sure I was still on page. So I, I was, my ADD kicked in without us having cameras on. <laughs> um, I wanted to make sure I was with you guys. <laughs> um, no, I think the the tag team match, once again, the and I kind of send it into the echo chamber. The only thing that really mattered in this match was the very end of it, was the finish, was the turn. Uh, all the reports being leaked today with uh, – you know, Sean and the guys over at Fightful, no free shout outs. They uh, they reported that Rhonda had a hard out on her WWE contract that stated the last thing she wanted to do was feud with Shayna and then she would be done. And negotiations haven't been able to add to it. So this was where they pulled the trigger to make that happen, apparently, which is cool. Um, my big thing is if they take it to SummerSlam, give us a fight pit match. Give us a Lions Den match. Give us a chance for the two women in WWE that can give us the most realistic shoot because we know they could go in there and beat the crap out of each other safely because they train together all the time. Give us a shoot. Give us a lion's dinner, a fight pit match. Let them beat the hell out of each other. Hell, throw an octagon out there for them. Ford Field, let's do it. That's what I'm saying. Like They have the means to this to, to do it well. Book them in a UFC style. Remember in AW when they did that bullshit UFC match? Like Shayna and Ronda could give us the realistic version of what AEW tried to do. I like I, yeah, absolutely. So uh, in terms of the match, do you, uh, what do you think about it? The match that we got last night. Are we doing a one to five, five star yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Um, I would 1000% rate this a... 1.75 to 2 star match. If 2.5 is your standard everyday house show, this match did not deliver in any capacity. This could have been a Friday night SmackDown match in the middle of a card at that 7.45 hour going into Charlotte's unnecessary promo. <laughs> uh, Sammy, we'll throw it over to you. Um, first of all, if Jody's in here, Jody, I, just, I know you're happy that Liv is finally champion again. You just you know, yesterday when I watched him on his Instagram live story, oh my god, he was cheering up and jumping up and down. It was the cutest thing. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Live in Raquel one. Okay. Let me. Oh, um. But no, I was shocked. I did not see that coming with the uh, Rhonda and uh with it Shonda. I always say her name wrong. Shayna Baszler. Shayna. Oh, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, I don't care. But I like her a little bit more now because what she did to Rhonda. Okay. But I thought it was a great match for Liv being hurt and coming back and this being her first match of her not like the her coming back and not being hurt. But um for Jody, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two and a half for Jody because I know he was so happy and that's his woman 
and that's my bestie right there. But like you said, it was it was a good match, but I didn't pay too much attention to it. But I I watched. I wasn't glued into it like I was other matches. So out of five, two and a half. No, three, 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 three. No, no, two and a half. No, 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 two and a half. Three seconds. Two and a half. All right, Cam, the slam and sandwich maker. What do you got for us? I'm I'm appalled by what everybody has said. I don't know what y'all are watching, but I thought this was a great match. This this was a better match than I thought it was going to be, honestly. And I really don't care for Liv Morgan and Raquel as a tag team. I really don't. Um, but the, but obviously the highlight, Shayna turning on Ronda, I did not see. I was literally, literally jumping out of my seat. I did not see that coming at all. Definitely the best moment of the match. I have there's a few problems I have. So one of the one of the one of well, it's not really an issue. The the best thing about this is now, of course, you get Shayna and Ronda, uh, uh, you know, feud, which I think is great. The issues I have, the few issues that I have with doing that is they actively buried uh, Dawn and Fire for no reason at all. Because if they were going to break up Ronda and Shayna, why they pretty much just squashed them in the unification title match? There was no point to that. And then on top of that, it's now you have this garbage tag team division going right back in the same direction it already was going in. Like you, you, you had it going. You had it. You had it in a, in a, in a position where it was, it was something promising, but now you're going to throw it right back down the tubes, and it's just going to go. And be nothing again? Like, what was the point of that? So, the finish to it was anticlimactic. You know, of course, you know, the highlight being, you know, Shayna turned on Ronda. But then just, you know, that just that just left Ronda alone. And it was just inevitable. You know, you knew they weren't retaining, obviously. So, it it, it was kind of disappointing, the ending. But I'll, I'll give it a three out of five. Just because of the excitement of Shayna turned on Ronda. Okay. Um, so this is the match that gave us the first of four. I, I counted four major surprises. Jokingly, when this match was going on, um, we were at, we, we were watching it with the boys, the Russell Bros. Chewie went out to let his dog sitting. So he went to go let out his, uh, his girlfriend's mom's dog. And I said to him in the most jokingly manner possible, be careful. You might miss something important. And the second the door closed, Shayna Baza clocks Ronda Rousey, and I just jump out of my chair laughing my ass off. because. And I'm, like, knocking on the window. I'm like, you missed it! And he thought I was joking. It was funny. Um, that being said, I do think this moment overshadowed the match a little bit. I don't think that there's a lot of um, problem with it. I think if that was the case... If they were just planning on doing this the whole time, I don't know. I feel like Ronda and Shayna should have won the belts a while ago. Um, that way they could have feuded with people. And, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like a really rushed reign. Um, I don't think that the tag division is in a bad position, though. Uh, like Cam says, I actually, to the contrary, think that they're in a very strong situation. Um, I do believe that with Katana Chance and uh, uh, what's someone help me out? What's her tag team partner's name? Someone help me out. I don't know. Okay. Um, Alba Fire. I, I don't. Uh, know. Caden Carter. Thank you. 
Uh, Albafire, Isla Dawn. Um, you've got Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, um, who actually make a really good tag team. I do think the tag division is still on the upswing, even without Ronda and Shayna there. Also, the only thing I will accept out of this is if Shayna Baszler wins this feud because she will be sticking around. Ronda probably will not be. Um, please get Ronda off TV, please, forever. Um, Shayna Baszler needs to go on that massive run that she should have went on three years ago when she should have beaten Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. That I think she can beat, um, well, who is it, um, Rhea, I think. She could be the one to beat Rhea. I I think actually, she's she incredible. She's a legitimate mm-hmm. MMA fighter. Like, I'm in actual... Rumors. What's that? I'm hearing rumors that Ronda's headed back to UFC now that Chris Cyborg isn't there. Good. Get her out of WWE. Bye. Um, <laughs> Shayna Why? So she can get bodied again? Yeah. <laughs> that kick from Holly Holm was one of the best things I ever saw. Okay, anyways. Um... <laughs> Please. The only thing that was more exposed than Ronda Rousey was Ohio State in the college football playoff. But ba bing. Damn. All right. Just, um, yeah, see. Oh, Nunez is retired. That's right. Yeah. That um, works. So, anyways, um, like that. that being said, there was not a whole lot of substance to this match. The women that were in it, Raquel, Liv, and Shayna, um, put in their best effort to make it better than it was. Ronda doesn't do anything at all in the ring that makes me say, oh, good job, anymore, like she used to. So this match was like a 1.5 for me, and that's being generous. Right. Um, And it makes me feel bad because Liv is someone who has busted her ass to get better. Shayna has been one of the best women's wrestlers on the planet for the last five years. Um, And Raquel is just – Raquel's character is what bothers me. So that's nothing to do with her in-ring work. Um, that being said, I think that's kind of the only real, like, what's the word I'm before, bummer of a match. But luckily, we got that good swerve at the end. So let's move on. We'll go to the next match that gave us the second big surprise of the night. Um, we're talking about the Intercontinental Championship match between Matt Riddle and Guther. Shadow, right. go ahead. And uh, I mean, listen. Everybody and their grandmother seen that that was just going to be a whooping to Matt to Matt Riddle, hundred percent. Because, and I said it on the prediction show, that was his punishment for the shit he's been pulling outside of WWE that has pissed off Triple H to give him chance at the chance at the chance. That was his receipt. And by any, I don't think anything better could have come of that than putting him in a match against a man, arguably three times the strength he is, and beat the <laughs> shit out. Of him. For me, again, it was a squash match, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> well. It was a three, just because I love seeing Riddle get the fuck beat out of him. Um, and with McIntyre coming out at the end, I mean, uh, I would have been okay with it if it wasn't already ruined. If that makes sense? Ruined? Because it was like, it was so like obvious that that's what was happening. It just you knew it was coming. Maybe that spot. Well, but you knew it was coming. For what it's worth, I think I was the one who said, "Put McIntyre at the end of the World Heavyweight Title match." Right. That would have but, been good for me, but I am but, okay with. But it. for me, but for me, like I said, the match is a three. So I don't know. Maybe Will has something better insight for it. I don't know. 
better insight for Matt Riddle versus Gunther. Um, let me choke back the minor case of food poisoning that I'm suffering from currently. Um, one, I think Gunther <laughs> is maybe the most well-rounded in-ring worker over 225 in WWE. Like, there's not very many people that can work as well as he can in ring. I might hate everything about the gimmick. Um, but I think Gunther is quality, top tier, one of the best IC title reigns in history, yada, yada, yada. He's going to beat Honky Tonk, all the bells and whistles. Uh, that being said, fuck Matt Riddle and everything that that man stands for. <laughs> Fair enough. Sammy, what do you got on it? You already know. This match killed Money in the Bank for me, okay? <laughs> I listened to... No, I listened to everybody. I got my hopes up. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so... Oh. I really, really was hoping this is the one pay-per-view Randy Orton was going to come back in. Matt Riddle was in it. I'm like, oh, maybe he'll come in at the end or come try to help out Matt. Hoping. Didn't happen, so I'm like, oh, fine. Whatever. And then all of a sudden, I hear music. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. No, it's fucking Drew, okay? No. I literally, like, stormed off while I was in a watch-along, okay? And was, I had to go to my room and be by myself because I did cry. I will admit to it. I did get upset because I got my hopes up high. When the hell is he coming back? This match, I give a zero because I am just, ugh. Thank you. <laughs> so, so so what oh. was your rating? A zero. <laughs> Sorry, what? A zero. <laughs> Anybody else having trouble hearing Sammy right now? <laughs> Damn. Oh. I got to breathe. So, I mean, I, I guess it was no shock that Gunther was just going to whoop Riddle's ass, obviously. I thought that was hilarious. Um, it, was an, it was an entertaining match because I'm such a big fan of Gunther. Obviously, uh, I don't know what they do with Riddle after this. Uh, I don't know if I even really care. You know, it's like it's like I want to like Riddle, but I mean, they they just don't really have anything to do with him, and you know, he's caused a lot of problems, as Shadow has said. So that's, that's probably put him in a weird position on the roster. Uh, Drew coming back, ah, man. You know, it, it, it's cool to see him back, and, and that's great. But I feel like they're just doing they're going in circles with his character. They're kind of just doing the same thing with him. Um, I know a lot of people have been saying turn him heel, which I have a problem with because anytime a baby face is not working anymore, everybody always says that the suggestion or the solve to solve that problem is always turn them heel. I don't think that's always necessarily the answer. I just want him. I say keep him face, but turn him into like an anti-hero. Give him more of an edge. Get rid of the freaking sword he has. Get rid of the kilt thing. Bring back when he had like the the leather jacket on, bring back his like heel elements, but keep him face. The problem is with their baby faces, they make them these, you know, fall off the assembly line, cookie cutter, you know, Colgate commercials, smiling your face, kissing babies, say your prayers and drink your, like these Hulk Hogan, like, you know, baby faces. People don't want that. Cause that's not, that's not real. That's, they can't connect with that. You After a while, they get savage baby face. I don't think I've ever thought of uh, Drew McIntyre as that kind of babyface, though. 
Well, okay, Hulk, okay, Hulk Hogan. That's a, that's a bad comparison, but you get what I'm saying. Like he's always coming out, he's always smiling or whatever. Dude, look at this man. This man's six foot whatever. He's built like a freaking brick shit house. Like he's not. That's not him. He, he needs to come out and be like the freaking no pun intended eater of worlds and just beat people's asses. Like that's what I want. Like to me, he did his best work in NXT because they built him up like a badass, you know. And then even outside of that, and I'll take it back to I know this is, we're talking about WWE Money in the Bank, but I'll take it. I'll even take it to Drew Galloway in, in Impact Wrestling. His best character work, in my opinion, was when he did the Chosen One gimmick. That was dope. Like so, they're, they're just trying to make him this cookie cutter babyface squeaky. He's not. That's not him. That's my problem. So, again, take my money. I definitely want to see him versus Gunther, obviously, because I know they're just going to beat the hell out of each other. That's going to be amazing. But then it's like, what, what's next for him? Because he's not beating Gunther, obviously. He's just not. And then and then he's, he's going to be stuck in the same void he's been stuck in after if that. If he beats Gunther, it sets up him and Sheamus because there's some unresolved issues there. Right. I can, I can see that. So, I don't know. It, I'm glad he's back, but it's just kind of, eh, I don't know. The, there's nothing going to be different about him. If they continue to go the same direction, they have been going. Um, the match itself, I'm I'm going to give, I'm going to give, I'm going to be very generous. I'm going to give a, give it a four out of five. Why? Because Matt Riddle got the shit beat out of him, and that was hilarious. So, yeah. Ooh. All right. I will say this. I am a little surprised that they had uh, Matt Riddle tap out in this match. Um. That kind of threw me off because you don't typically see Gunther win with a submission. You see him win with like the power bomb or something like that. He usually pins them. Very creative finish. So I will give it that. I liked the finish to it. Matt Riddle has clearly pissed people off backstage with his behavior, and I understand that. That being said, I do think Matt Riddle is a very good, polished in ring worker. I think something needs to be done about his character. The way that he's presented, he needs to be more serious like he was in his feud with Seth Rollins last year. That was the best Matt Riddle that we've seen was that feud, and Seth Rollins brought that out of him. And I think that a lot of that had to do with the real-life issues that they had with each other, but whatever. Um, The match itself was nothing to write home about. Um, Matt Riddle got his ass kicked. I'd say it's a two out of five. Drew McIntyre being back. 150 out of five. So I don't know what that does to the match. Probably nothing. Um, yeah, a lot of people probably were expecting Drew McIntyre to show up. Ugh, excuse me. Um, but the but the the pop that he gets, that's what we as fans and that's what they as wrestlers live for is the pop. Nothing like a loud, massive pop to send chills down your fucking spine. I love it. And I got that from that pop. So and Drew McIntyre is one of the best workers on the roster, and you can never tell me otherwise. But yeah, He's terrible. What'd you just say? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. You said I couldn't tell you otherwise. I just did. You're a liar. All right. Um, so this is where we go on to the next match. Um, this match actually surprised me with how entertained I was by it. The American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes versus the ex con the Latino Heat. Dominic Mysterio. Shadow? Uh, I don't know, man. That was just literally a fucking beatdown of Dom. And it was well-deserved, obviously. But, like, I, I this is one of the matches, and it's going to be an unpopular opinion, sure. 
I wasn't that caring for it. I don't care. I, I didn't find it all that entertaining. To me, it still made no sense. I'm glad they moved out of the main cart, main event spot. Um, to me, it, <laughs> I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the minimum because it was a match. So two point five. But, but again, I just I feel like this is gonna be going forward. And with the way Twitter behaved last night with Brandy, I'm kind of seeing maybe a Rhodes Brandy versus Rhea and Dom situation, and I really don't want to see Brandy on WWE television. Me so, no. I, I just don't care. Sorry if I offend anybody on it, but like, it's how it would we stop racism though? What's that? Said, so how would we stop racism though? Oh Jesus Christ! Anyways, Cody Rhodes stopped racism when he was in AEW. Okay. Patrick, I agree with that statement 100%. <laughs> mm, I just didn't care for it. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. This, this match is a paradox. Because going into it, if you listen to the prediction show, you guys were all there, Sammy. Um, like, I said that this was a chance to push Dom and to continue telling Cody's story. And they put Cody over, which was cool. I'm not taking anything away from him. It showed two things. One, Cody can be a ring general, and he can call a match from beginning to end that makes sense without question. Like, Cody's getting good in the ring. Like, leaps and bounds. If you look at where he was as Stardust and all that bullshit, then when he became Cody in the NWA... And then, you know, the AEW stuff all in, everything to where he's built. You know, he's had one of the most vast improvements in ring-wise of any other worker on the roster. He's definitely great with younger talent. I'll give him that. Like, he can help support the talent. He reminds me of his brother. And the natural has, if he hangs it up at the end of the year, Dustin Rhodes immediately gets put on that list of guys who never won the big one. And Cody is starting to remind me of his brother. And the best part about it is Cody hasn't won the big one yet. Cody will get a world title reign eventually, which means we'll have a Rhodes mind at the top of the business, which is something that's going to be huge. And that's, you know, me eating crow multiple times. I said it the other night I would do it and I'm doing it now. Every person on this card took what I said was going to be a five out of 10, a two and a half out of five, just a regular mid pay-per-view. And every person on the card said, fuck you. We're, you know, at the very least, slightly above average. And that's where I put this match. This is a, you know, a three out of five. This is a, you know, uh, a three out of five, uh, a six out of six or seven out of 10. You know, like I would give it a B. A B plus, like it was a good match. Cody let it. Dom starting to get kind of boring. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> before we go over to before we go over to Sammy, um, the thing I do appreciate about Cody, like you said, he's getting really good in that ring, and like he's like his brother. What really put me over with Cody in a sense of professional wrestling is he took guys like Sammy Guevara, and he elevated them to where they are now. And like you see, Sammy. Many people don't like him, and I get it. He's a cocky, arrogant prick kind of deal. But you can't argue that Sammy Guevara is one of the youngest, best wrestlers right now in professional wrestling because of feuds with Cody where they took the time to develop stories properly. Yeah. 
Sammy, your your thoughts on uh, this match of Dom and Cody? Um, like Will said, Dom's getting boring. Dom has been boring for me. Like I don't like him. He's like he must be a really great, fantastic fucking heel because I can't <laughs> not. I love not seeing him on my screen. He's boring to me. I can give two shits about him. The only reason why he's important is because of Rhea. To be honest with you. Can I ask you guys a question? I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sammy. You're good. You're good. Do we worry that unintentionally WWE will allow Dom to venture into that? He has nuclear heat. Um, And I, 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 I don't like using industry terms because I'm not in the industry, you know, like, but he has that nuclear heat. He has that, that powerful people hate him, but they're slowly wavering to the point of, what happens if he flips that switch and he gets that go-home heat and people just don't like him and they're not booing him because that's what his character wants. They're booing him just because they're tired of the bullshit. They're tired of the drama. They're tired I, I think, of the stuff. I think if they don't flick a switch soon, that's going to happen. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'm over it. Um, like, like, I knew Cody was definitely going to win. If he, he did not win, I'm... I would have lost my faith in Cody Rhodes. But um, to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie. But yeah, that another match. That match, it was a great match. Cody Rhodes made it amazing. If it wasn't for him, I don't know. If it was Dom and some other person, I can give two shits about. So I'll be nice like uh, Shadow and give that a 2.5. Sorry, I'm still mad about the last review. Go ahead, Cam. <laughs> okay. That match was awful. That that was that was the biggest joke of the night. That match was terrible. Like, I fucking love I, I, you, Cam, so much. I was trying to be nice and not say that. I, fuck that. I'm not being nice. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a nice person. All right. If you don't, if you know me. I'm not. I'm not a nice person. All right. You are. That match nice. sucked. That <laughs> match was terrible. Like I expected Dom to go in there. Like okay, I'll give Dom credit. He has nuclear heat right now, and that's exactly what you want as a heel. That's you. You just don't get that a lot with a lot of wrestlers that try to be healed, right? But in the ring, it's like, what happened? Why, why is he still that, – that's what I was focused on. Why is he still wrestling like this is like his third match? He's still wrestling like he's green. It's so weird. He has like – he has like a – he has two moves. He has like three – and both these moves aren't even his own original like moveset. One, one, one of the movesets he has is from Eddie, God rest his soul. That's the three amigos, and then the other one is the is the slowest six one nine I've ever seen in my life. Like, bro, like what? Like he's terrible. Then the other the other half of the match, he's running. He keeps getting out the ring and running around. I'm like, bitch, get in the ring. What are you running from? <laughs> like, that pissed me off so much. And then and, and then he he then Cody and I like and I'm a big fan of Cody right now. I love Cody Rose right now. I don't I don't again. I don't like this pothole-ridden road that they're creating for him to get back to Roman because it's making no fucking sense. But then he hits the crossroads. Uh, Tom's and it just was like, one, two, three. It's like, that's it? Really? Like, that was a squash match. This this was a Monday Night Raw match. Like, come on, bro. That was, I'm giving that, I'm giving that a zero. That was terrible. Damn. That was awful. Damn. Well, from what I'm getting. Hey, look at your chest. From what I'm gathering from you guys, it seems that Dominic Mysterio is doing his job fucking phenomenally. I'm here for it. 
So that being said, yes, Dominic is not the most polished in-ring worker in the world, but every single time he's been in a feud with somebody who's at a bigger level than them, Rey Mysterio, Cody Rhodes now, um, Seth Rollins, his game has been elevated, and he actually, I don't know, he's been getting better. Like, I don't know, I think, excuse me. Um, I definitely think that Dom is getting better. I think the reason that his 619 is terrible is the same reason that Cesaro's 619 is terrible. It's because they're, they're over six feet tall. Their legs are super long. Rey Mysterio is five foot six. He has nowhere to move his legs. They just That's why he goes so quick with it. Um, so that I feel like he should just eliminate that move from his arsenal entirely because it doesn't work for tall people. It, it just doesn't. Um, that being said, I was actually pretty entertained by this match. I was uh, expecting some hijinks that led to Dom winning, and I'm okay with that not happening. Um, Dom is going to be fine. Uh, Cody is Cody Rhodes. Um, I think Cody Rhodes is just right at home in the WWE. I, I hated his entire run in AEW. If you guys knew me back then before he came back to WWE, you knew how much I fucking hated his run in AEW. Um he belongs in WWE. He is a ring general. He is a guy who can carry a feud. He can. He's just. He is that damn good. Like, and I really hope that when he does decide to hang it up, that he should be a producer. I believe that Dustin should come back to WWE and be a producer also. Um, but yeah, I'd say that match was a three out of five for sure. Um, I so, like so to, if I if I may cut you off. Yeah. If I, if I may ask you a question. So do you like do you like Cody Rhodes in WWE more because he's in WWE and you just hate AEW that much or I love AEW. I don't know where everyone gets this idea that I hate AEW. You, because you you talk a lot of shit about the stuff they do. That's why. They do a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> so does WWE. Um but anyways, I hated Cody Rhodes in AEW because his character did not work there. It did not mesh well with other characters. It came off. It, it, it doesn't cater to the hardcore fan, and that's what AEW is for. It's for the hardcore fan. It caters to the casuals. It caters to the kids and the mothers, and the, you know, it's it's, a, it's it fits better in WWE for sure. And um, his style, his style is so much more methodical and less hectic than a lot of the guys in AEW and that's not to dog on any of those guys that's just their style I just think Cody fits in WWE a lot better than he does in AEW that's all fair enough and with that we move on to a little break in the in-ring action to what was probably the biggest most insane surprise of the night we got the return of the GOAT John friggin' Cena. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> so, completely out of nowhere. I mean, this is obviously just going to be us oh, discussing shit. our thoughts on it. We don't have to rate it. But completely out of nowhere, John Cena's music hits. The O2 Arena goes absolutely batshit crazy. Excuse me. And we're like, why is John Cena here? Like, what? And he just says, hey, we want WrestleMania to come to London. The crowd friggin' explodes again. And then out comes, who apparently is healed from his broken leg now, Grison Wolder. 
Are you snoring for Grayson Waller? I am. I don't like him. I will say this. Last night, he wasn't even slightly put off by the way the crowd was booing him out of the building. He handled that like an absolute pro. Listen, I, I enjoyed him. I, I enjoyed what he did in NXT. Okay? I, I'll give him that. I understand he's been recovering from a broken fucking leg. I get it. You don't need to fucking beat that horse down any more than it already has. Thank you, TikTok. Um, I'm, yeah. Like, I get it. The man's been hurt. I don't care. I find his personality plainer than the bread I eat. Huh. He's overhyped. Don't give a shit about him. He still has to do so much more to him. He has to do so much more to impress me. Um, I get the the character he's playing. I do, but let's be real. He could barely go one on one with fucking John Cena, and he's expected to be on the main roster. Oof, that's a listen, fail in my opinion. Listen, I thought he did so much better on the mic with uh, John Cena than Austin Theory ever did. Oh, okay, I'll agree there, but Austin Theory doesn't set a very high bar either. So. I would argue that Austin Theory is worse off than he was before he was feuding with John Cena because his rehab was going very well until then. Uh, I don't know, yeah, but with, that, with, listen, that whole Cena spot was great because it got fucking London on its feet to go. Oh, where might you getting WrestleMania? Eh, like nah. I wanted to see I'm it. Hoping, I think they deserve it. 100%. I hope they do. I hope WrestleMania 41's in London. I think 42, because 41's already spoken for, I think. Um, but I didn't care for Grayson Waller to come out. That would have been a perfect time to have Randy come out. Randy Orton, yes. yes. Shut up, yes. Sammy. Um, <laughs> it would have been a perfect time to have Randy come out, cut a promo, him and Cena. We know Randy is in the back half of his career. It's been very noted. Have him and Cena kind of do a little mic feud over a bit. And then, you know what I mean? Like, go into a story where Randy and him can do what they got to do. Randy can ride off into the sunset. Having Grayson Waller come out there and say, oh, I could give you the Grayson Waller rub. Am I the only one that thought about that sexually? I'm pretty sure Cena did, too. Cena absolutely did. Right. I don't think a lot of people picked that up. That was really disturbing and cringeworthy. Um, <laughs> Jeez, Sammy, your face looks really swollen now. <laughs> I, I just don't. I just don't give a fuck about Grayson Waller, and I don't really give a fuck if people mute me, ban me. I don't give a fuck. He's boring. It is what it is. Don't tell Haley that she might kill you. Oh, this man's I'm not. This it. man's not boring. I've been out of her lives for it. Mm. Fair enough. Does anyone else have anything to say about the situation? I agree ninety-one with days, one hundred percent. What's that, Sammy? I agree with with with, uh, with Shadow, one hundred percent. I like Randy. I, I thought not about this part too. I thought it was it John Cena coming out. It should have been Randy coming out. No, Sammy, Randy Orton is going to return at SummerSlam, and I'm going to videotape it because I'm going to be there. And Sammy's 91 not. days. That's how long since the first night of WrestleMania. 91 days. I hardly see John Cena coming back after 91 days as a return. Like. I get who he is. He's the GOAT. I'm not taking anything away. I talked about it on the prediction show. I talked about how important a draw is, putting an ass every 12 inches. John Cena is one of those people. I don't think 
that's one of those going back to the well, beating a dead horse. So you can't bring John Cena back every 90 days and expect the roof to blow off the place off anymore. The place. John right. Cena and Randy Orton are those two guys that are like together. The two of them are the reason WWE was even profitable in the late 2000s and early 2010s. Oh, you are not wrong. You can argue Edge. Edge, yeah, up until the point he retired, of course. People loved Edge. He was a great guy to hate. He was an excellent heel. Um, and he had that built in, you know, he was there during the Attitude Era. He was there when it was in full swing. And Cena and Orton were guys who were built from the ground up from OVW in the early 2000s. And they, they were always positioned as the top two guys in the company. And honestly, rightfully so. Like, yes, they put butts in seats. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, those two are like in twenty the 21st century, there's nobody better than Cena and Orton at the top of that company. Nobody. Randy is a close second, okay? <laughs> so to Will's point, and this is something my wife brought up again, if Cam's going to speak, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Um, to my wife's point and, and Will's point, is, is anybody else getting overtired of, because like he said, you can't keep bringing them back every 90 days as a return. But we keep hearing every fucking, I don't know, 18 days, oh, Roman's returning. Bro, he's not gone anywhere. He's just not showing up to TV. They should just be like, Roman Reigns will be appearing. <laughs> yeah, they need to stop saying returning because he's not. Like, you right. know. Like, I mean, with Cena, I kind of get it because he's only here once, maybe twice a year. It's It is kind of a weird situation to see him twice in such a short uh, period of time. Uh, so that kind of confused me, but I was okay with it. And he didn't do any, he didn't, he didn't do anything that, you know, hurt the show. He made the show better. Um, it, there was, not, I don't think there was anything negative about his appearance unless you're a Grayson Waller hater. So, you know, <laughs> sorry, just not sorry. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, we'll kind of push this into the second half of the show. We'll get back to the in-ring action for you guys. And in a match that I think personally outperformed the other match of this type in every possible way because there was so much story development going on in this match, the women's Money in the, uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. It might have been the easiest match on the show to predict aside from um, another one that we'll get to. But this match here, ah, where do we even start? Shadow, what do you got for us here? Uh, to steal a little bit of uh, earlier on in the evening on the Bot Shots and Chair Shots show, Trish did really well. Like, she really commanded that that match um, for being 40-plus years old, doing what she was doing in that match. Crazy. Stark made an impression on me in that match. She could show she could mm -hmm. carry herself a little bit more. Dude, Trisha's uh, cell when she took the manhandle on the ladder. Oh, my God. Zelina show, showed up, showed out. You know, she code did that uh, code red off the top of the ladder, which is gross. It, it, it kind of scared me a little bit because I've seen it so many times with Penta. It scared me a little bit, but she did it extremely safe, so I'm here for it. Well, um, Zo did you see when Zoe bounced up, her head went in between two rungs? Mm. Yeah, the again. I do that. Me. I gotta do a little bit of call back to the men's money in the bank for a second. That was a very stiff spot that Logan took, where I think it was somebody jumped off the apron and just bounced. 
off Logan. Like, no. oh, that looked like no. A Logan hurt. Paul did a frog splash onto Damian Priest on a ladder. No, 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 is it? no. That one was stiff as fuck too, because Logan just bounced off of him. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Anyways, back to the women's. Um, it, all around, EO was amazing in that match, doing the moonsault, all that. Like they, all these high risk maneuvers they took, it was very safe. It didn't look scary. Um, they all performed extremely well, and the finish, it masterful. Okay, like you, you think of creative finishes, and that was a very genius finish. Oh my god, I know. Right. So for me, I'm giving this because of like all the elements combined, a four point three. Ooh. Okay. Well. Agreed. I think that it it was better than the men's money in the bank match, which I definitely didn't see coming Friday night on the prediction show. I said Zelina Vega was the time to shine. Io was not the wrong pick by any means, though she was my number two if I had to pick one. Um, what's cool about Io, yes, the symbolism of her climbing over top Bailey and the turn on damage control, but the whole you know, four horsewomen being tethered together and the next generation climbing past them because they like there's so much depth to the writing there. Um, this goes back to the production and the teams in the back and the coaches and the writers and the things that WWE does, they do the best. And it was one of the most entertaining moments of the night. Um, but you mix it together with really solid in-ring work. And that's what made this arguably a sleeper pick for match of the night, which, like I said, man, I didn't see it coming. I would 1,000% give this 375 to 4 easy without question. I didn't even think of that symbolism of the four horsewomen being tethered together like that. Good call out there. Sammy? Um, it was good. Like, uh, like they said, I thought it was way better than the males, uh, male, ooh, men's money in the bank match. To be honest there with you, too. Thank you. I know how to say, um, but I do. I really wanted Becky. I'm being biased. Becky should have won that shit. But <laughs> you know how you said the four horse women, so I can see about yeah, I can see that coming. Match was great. Um, I was really into it though. I don't know why, like when she got um, when Zoe Stark's got the damn handcuffs from underneath the uh, ring, just watching it. I really thought she was gonna um, tie uh, handcuff her to uh, Trish and fuck her over. I really was hoping for that though, you see. But at the end, it was great. Uh, but Becky though, uh, not Becky, um, Bailey, she screwed her over first when she pushed her when she pushed the ladder and she fell. So payback's a bitch. So <laughs> I get yeah. So I get a match of three. Handcuffs I, I and Trish, anytime I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's a beautiful woman, not going to lie. Before before Cam speaks, another little tidbit. Anybody that literally takes the briefcase off the hook and holds it in the ladder in the ring, you ain't winning. It's proven. Before You mean like on like a go-home show? Yeah, don't do that. It just, it's a bad <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little bit before I start uh, dissecting this match, first of all, love Grayson Waller, love the stuff he does. Uh, the segment was a time waster. Get John Cena off my screen. I don't like John Cena. I haven't liked John Cena since 2007, 2008. Don't care anything about him. Moving on. 
Women's uh, Money in the Bank ladder match I thought was great. Um, for what it, for what it was, in the in the, in the opening moments, I, I honestly I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I was getting kind of bored. Just and I think that's just because of the pacing of the pay per view itself. But I was kind of bored at first. Um, but then it you know it did pick up and there were some pretty good spots here. Uh, obviously the finish I think was just icing on the cake. Um, you know handcuffing. Uh, who was it? Becky and Bailey together, and then EO climbing to get the briefcase. I thought that was, I thought it was genius. It, it reminded me of like when Sammy had that uh, gimmick where he was just finding these interesting ways to win matches and whatever. That it, it just reminded me of that. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so yeah, I definitely think she deserves it. I hope we get Oscar and EO because that again that's long overdue. So based off the finish alone. I'm going to give this a 3.9 out of 5. Not a bad match. All right. So a couple, couple things. I want to point out one thing that I was 100% correct about. Becky Lynch has had beef with four of these women recently, and all four of them went after her from the get-go. And I was right. <laughs> um, another thing. Trish Stratus could have gone into this match and just hidden behind Zoe Stark and – you know, phoned it in, you know. Trish Stratus went balls to the wall in this fucking match. Got her ass whooped all over the place. And she's in her mid-40s. She did not have to do that. I think she is loving every second of being back. Um, and I think it's actually bolstering her legacy. I don't think she's doing anything to harm her own legacy right now. And I also love that Zoe Stark is actually being presented as an equal to Trish Stratus and not a lackey. I don't know if you guys have seen that or noticed, but she's definitely, like, they present them as equals, and I fucking love that. Um, that being said, Zelina Vegas Code Red was absolutely amazing. It was probably my favorite spot of the night. Um, and Scals, to answer that question, where did these get? Where did they get these ladders from? None of them broke. Not the United States. That's all I can say. If they were made in the U.S., they would have broke when they were climbing them. So what you're <laughs> saying is they didn't get them from Home Depot? Nope, they did not get them from Home Depot. Damn, I didn't get them from Home Depot. We created <laughs> fucking ladders. <laughs> Who was it that broke the ladder when they stepped on the bottom step? Was that Braun Strowman? He got that shit from Lowe's, okay? It was either him or Big that did it. It was one of the big boys. Otis. It was Otis. Thank you. Thank you, Scouts. Yeah, I was um, going to come in and say Otis. God, that shit was funny. But um, this match was absolutely bonkers. It had... It was the most outrageous and most bonkers match of the night, in my opinion. Um, I loved every second of it. I'm giving it a four out of five. I, I thought it was that fucking good. The, the storytelling was absolutely sublime. The in-ring work was good. EO Sky's moonsault was also two rungs higher than Butch's moonsault. Just going to throw that out there. Also, was that was probably, that's probably, that's probably arguably the most fluid wrestling match of a Okay, most fluid women's wrestling match between at least the AEW division and WWE's division. Because again, if I don't say, if I even include Impact, I get yelled at by Will. So between those two divisions, that has to be the most fluid match I've seen in a while. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. And thank you. Thank you for including Impact, Shadow. That means something. The um, <laughs> There's one spot that I'm surprised nobody mentioned, though. 
the spot where Becky Lynch used her open handcuff to pull Bailey down from the ladder by her mouth. The fucking fish the spot. So cool. So fucking yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was super creative. The fact that Becky Lynch wrestled half this match with an open handcuff and had to make sure it didn't close on her. Beautiful. You remember um, when they did it a few years ago in the IC title match on the ladder and they hook, they did uh, a, not the same a handcuff spot, but they used handcuffs in the ladder match and it was Jeff Hardy's plugs on his ears. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. I remember and that. They, they handcuffed his ear to the, the ladder and he had to carry the ladder around with him and shit. Yep. <laughs> I love when they tell a story with the handcuffs. I think that's super cool. And this was another good job with it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so overall, great match. Um, I think we all kind of agreed on that to a degree. Um, so that kind of moves us into the two, what I believe were the two main events of the show, not just because of where they were placed, but because of the stories that preceded them as well. We start with the only world title match on the entire show, which was kind of surprising. No women's title matches, just the tag titles. Um, but you know what? It was a really good card for the most part. But this match has been, what, seven years in the making. Um, and I thought that they dipped into that story well absolutely phenomenally for this match. We have Seth freaking Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship <laughs> against Finn Balor. Shadow, kick us off, man. You're, you never you're going to like this. I thought the match was lackluster. It wasn't long enough. They, they, they didn't completely tell the story they should have. I don't know if something went over. Maybe the Cena fucking segment, probably. But that match was, I think, just under 11 and a half minutes. Um, I wasn't okay with that. That match should have at least gone 25, in my opinion. There was so much to be told. They, they at Certain spots felt really rushed. Um, I like the callback to the buckle bomb, etc. like that. Um, Damien coming out, I get why they're doing it, but like I didn't feel like that was needed to that last night. Um, it's just to me that match felt extremely rushed for two world class athletes as Finn and Seth are, they deserve so much more storytelling in that match. Um, with that being said, I, what I did get and what I did see, I'm giving it a 3.4 out of 5. But again, it felt rushed, and they deserve so much more time. I can feel that. Well, I watch a lot of indie wrestling, and this has nothing to do with this match. But one of the biggest issues in indie wrestling is they go, you know, know your time, hit your marks. Like, they tell these guys how important 15 minutes is. Your segment gets 15 minutes, okay? Scows inadvertently gave me a little bit of research, so I appreciate that. 12 minutes and 30 seconds, so that means they had two and a half minutes roughly each. You figure they're, they probably went over a little bit. But the point is, I bet how production did was they looked at Seth and they looked at Finn and they said, you know what? You guys get 15 minutes. Go tear the fucking house down. And that's what they did. And that's what was beautiful about it. Like these guys told a great story start to finish with the time they had. I think if they looked at him and said, guys, we need you to fill an hour, we would have got 60 minutes of this. But I think Seth and Finn both showed professionalism by showing that they can take, you know, a not they don't need 30 minutes to tell a great story. They don't need 45 minutes to do it. They knew where they were in the card and what they needed to do at the time. And because of that, you know, 
I would say three, seven, five, or a four. Easy. Hey, I, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying like those two deserved more time. And if Roman's entrance wasn't an hour long, they probably would have. Roman's <laughs> entrance was four hours and thirty six seconds. The rumor is he never actually finished. That's how long it was. <laughs> I've heard his wife says. Hey, I've heard his wife says the same thing. So. Oh, that's why they have five kids. I was about to say he's got two sets of twins. This motherfucker don't stop. Hey, remember they all look alike, right? Love you, Mystic. Anyway, love you, buddy. Um, If it wasn't for if it wasn't for this match, man, I would have rated this pay per view a fucking one. Okay, let's just say that because I'm still mad about the rating or anything. Okay. Guess I'm Uh, um, all right. Seth. Seth is my. If you guys don't know this, Seth is my second favorite in WWE. It's, it's Randy always number Cena one. Was. Seth is number two. No, John Cena. No, he, he's fallen. He has fallen now. Okay, yeah. well, with him because that ball spot now. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Am I really though? Um, but no, Seth is number two, and I'm I'm happy Seth kept. But when Damian Priest Priest came out though, I had a mini heart attack. I'm not gonna lie. When he came out towards the ending. I really thought he was going to cash it in, even on Seth or Finn. Because Finn, I I wanted him to win, but I had a feeling it might go to Finn because of how he was only champion for, what, 20 hours, and then he had to give it up because he was hurt. So, but with that, I... Mm, but with this match, just because of Seth was in it, I'm being biased, I'm going to give it a four. I thought it was great. They didn't go after Damian... Um, Fucking it up for Finn, so Seth can get the pin. That's all I got to say. Still mad about Randy Orton not being there. <laughs> all right, Cam. Uh I think this match was decent. It was okay. Uh, I was kind of expecting it to be a, a little bit better. I don't like the fact that Damien came out during the match because I think it, I think it just kind of ruined it. I, I wanted to just be Seth and Finn, uh, but you know it, it, it was okay. I, I and I don't and again it plays into the finish as well. Uh, Seth was going to hit the quarterback off the top row, got distracted by Damian Priest acting like he was going to cash in. So I, I don't like that. I think it ruined it. This match didn't need interference. And I and I've said and I said this before. So it's it's ironic that this happened in this match, but you know. That's my problem, I think, with WWE, you know, pay-per-views or quote-unquote premium live events, is that they're they're very formulaic. You know, they kind of do the same things uh, every pay-per-view. You know, you you're gonna see a, you're gonna see a roll-up, you're gonna see a roll-up victory, you're gonna see somebody turn, you're gonna see somebody return, you're gonna see some kind of interference, and this was no different. So I think it would have been a much better match, and my rating would have been a lot higher hadn't Damian came out teasing like he's going to cash in the money in the bank. So I'm going to give this a three, and I think that's probably me being generous. But I'll, I'm going to give this a three out of five. It, it could have been a lot better. Okay. Um, I, I think that they did tell a, a very good story in the ring also. Um, these two have been – they're no strangers to each other. They've teamed up. They've feuded before, and – the, the thing that bothers me about this match, and it's it wasn't even Damian Priest coming out there. It was Damian Priest distracting Finn Balor so that Seth Rollins could hit him with a stomp and, you know, avoid getting hit with the coup de grace. 
it felt almost like a fluky win for Seth Rollins. And I just your mouth. No, no, I know. But you're right, though. You're right, though. I was happy that Seth he did Seth Rollins that, is my favorite, man. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins has been my favorite for almost 10 years. So, like, to see him win in that fluky fashion, we know he's better than that. We know that he can theoretically beat anybody on the roster at any given time, and he does. Like, he, he's the only person that Roman Reigns had to disqualify himself to avoid getting pinned by until last night, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so, like, Seth Rollins is the guy who doesn't need to win via distraction or interference or anything like that. So, especially if they're positioning him as this top babyface for Monday Night Raw, they, it, it felt a little flat to me. I think it could have led to perhaps – Yes, Damian Priest could have distracted him from hitting the coup de grace, but I feel like it didn't have to be the end of the match. They could have gone maybe two more minutes and kind of put that in the background and then have Finn deal with that later, have them finish the match without a distraction. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Um, so that was really the only sour note that I had. I didn't like the distraction finish. It makes Finn look like a chump, as usual. And it makes Seth Rollins look like he won a fluky, uh, got a fluky victory out of it. Um, but because they told such a good story, and they did manage to tell a really good story about you know the tensions rising between Finn and Damian, which will probably end to it, end with a banger match between the two. Um, I will give this a three out of five, uh, just because of that storyline fluidity that they've been putting into this story. Um, I love it. Um, so. Without further ado, we can uh, move forward to the main event in what was most definitely maybe not the biggest surprise of the night, but it was the fourth and final major surprise of the night where we saw for the first time since December of 2019, Roman Reigns was pinned in the middle of the ring for the first time in almost four years. Jimmy and Jey Uso... Against Solitikoa and Roman Reigns, Shadow. So let me pre- let me prelude this. I've been saying it all day. This arguably is the best match in sports entertainment this year. And I say sports entertainment because I'm not including pro wrestling. So with that being said, if it is what it is. You take that as you will. But it was not better than Will and Kenny. Um, and it has nothing to do with recency buying bias either. Shut up, Scales. Um, <laughs> so, with that being said, this match told a story that was three years in the making. It it bought fluidity. There was drama, of course. There was. Moments of, ah, is this really going to be what's happening? The, the story being told really drew, drew you in. And it's not very often that you get drawn into a story like this. And this is arguably, if not, the best storyline WWE has ever put together. And that is kudos to the, the five plus Sammy, so six men that have developed this over the last 36 months. But having but having Jay and Jimmy absolutely take it 
to Roman. And they, they left Solo alone for the most part. Like, Solo, you know, he got his beatings, but it was very fixated on Roman. And then there was times where you've seen Roman be Roman, and you're like, okay, this is done. It's over. Ugh. Right? The thing that got me the most, and it was a nice callback to the Daniel Bryan Edge Roman match, was the stack and pin him. That was a great callback. Um, which didn't work out, obviously. But I also liked the spot where Roman did his spear and Solo did his Samoan spike. That was, that was dirty. nasty. <laughs> right? That was dirty. You thought for sure it was done. Nope. Kicked out again. All right. And then you had Roman. Sit- okay, first off, kudos to that referee for taking that bump. Because you can't tell me that that bump was planned. Like, I'm sure he was meant to get hit, but the way he got caught in the ropes had me dying. Dude, he hurt his thigh bad. Yeah, he, he yeah, you heard him, ah! <laughs> like, that was great. Um, <laughs> right, right? Um, but when you had, there was a little deception. I don't know if anybody picked up on it. When Roman was sitting there like, what the fuck do I got to do? What is happening? You seen Solo look at him like, man, you're fucking weak. <laughs> I did notice right? that. Right? Like, it was such a... It was like, is Solo just going to say, fuck it, and Simone spike him? Like no. Nope. Solo had to snap him out of it. Right. And another great callback, uh, or not really callback, but tribute, if you will, is Jay laying the smack down on Roman. He literally yes, did he the wrong punch. But to me, it, it was just poetic justice, I guess, having Jay pin Roman. Because in retrospect, Jay created, if you will, the tribal chief by agreeing to call him and acknowledge him the tribal chief. So having him pin him just meant so much more. For me, I'm not I'm giving this match a four point seven five. There was lack the point twenty five, I, I felt that there could there was room for a little bit more of improvement. But it's arguably a five-star match. Fair enough. Well, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't give it that high of a rating, though. Here's why. Um, you're right, a thousand percent. I swear by the fact the Bloodline storyline over the last three years is the closest thing the WWE will ever get to a Golden Globe. When major media outlets are discussing a storyline, you know you've done something right. And Roman's story has become a major media storyline. This culmination is everything. The callback shadows right. Jay being the first person to pin him in WWE on the main roster. Then it being three years since his last loss and it being Jay to do it callbacks to the the hell in a cell match everything that happened over the last three years came to a came to a head yesterday and i feel like although yeah i would probably say it was the match of the night it was executed flawlessly it was entertainment to the core you know shake your emotions everything about it and with you know i would easily give it a four 4.25 i'm not gonna say a five star match um, when I think five-star match, I think Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage, WrestleMania three, 
the greatest match of all time. And I say this is up there. This was one of the greats, but it's not it's not Steamboat Savage. But right. that said, it's not a bad match. Not even close to a bad match. Not Austin Taker from WrestleMania or Austin Taker. Uh Michael's Taker. From Which 25. one? 25. 25. 25. I was going to say 25 or 26. 25. Man, that's a conversation for another night between you and I, Nate. <laughs> but I, like I said, I ranked it that high for the sports entertainment factor, right? Not the rat pro wrestling. So, but I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And Steamboat Savage was 100% pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Like my favorite match of all time, man. I've I've written about it. I've studied it. I I think Steamboat Savage was the epitome of pro wrestling. Everything about the sport changed after that match, and I just don't think last night's match was of that stature. Fair enough. That's fair. Samantha. Damn, my government name. <laughs> um. <laughs> um Shadow Mills said everything I was almost pretty much going to say. Um, it was a great match. I didn't know who was going to win. Like, I wanted the Usos to win just because, like, it's finally, like, this win for them. It just shows, like, all the shit you put us through the past couple of months, you know, that they finally, like, have, they finally earned my follow-up. I feel like they should earn respect from Roman now, you know? They finally beat you. It was fair. Like, no cheating, nothing. It was. I thought it was great. With Roman, though, Roman is still the champion, you know? It was one pin. I want to see one of the Usos try to pin him one-on-one -on -one with, with, like, maybe a Hell in a Cell. No one, like, no one could get involved. Just them two. Duke mm, it out, you know? Um, but with this match, I have to give it a 4.5. I thought it was a really good match. I was entertained the whole time. I was, like, just, like, watching my TV. Could not keep my eyes off of the match. Jamie, what the fuck are you doing in the comments? <laughs> <laughs> it's an octopus. Octopusy. All right, Cam. Okay, so as as much as much as I am a fan of Will's, that 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 was that was an odd take from Will, because because like I I, I don't. I don't like comparing matches from to, to, to matches from like 30 some odd years ago because there really is no comparison. Wrestling is just completely different from then. So I ain't gonna, I'm not going to go as far as to. I use that like, analogy as, a, as my personal rating. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm you. saying. I give, I give Steamboat Savage five stars because I think it was what it did for wrestling. So when I rate matches, <laughs> I rate them based on how that match made me feel. If I don't feel like I gave Flair and Rhea at WrestleMania 4.75 because it, I wrote about how much of a Steamboat Savage vibe in 10 years, we'll be talking about that match the same way we talk about Steamboat Savage. I just don't think this match has those same that same energy. That's just my personal take on it. Uncle Dave used to do three stars, then it was five, and now he does 50. Like, I don't yuck any yumps. God, fuck Uncle Dave. That, 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 okay, so yeah, that, that makes more sense. Um, I don't any, know about Uncle Dave, but anyhow. Anywho, uh, I believe this match was cinematic brilliance. That's the best way I can put it. It, it, 
everything about it just it, it hits on every point that you need to hit on the the and, and and you know what's great is it didn't have necessarily this fast pace you know that we're used to just high flying acrobatic it, it was it was a slow pace build up to the ultimate ending so I, I and i like that because they have mastered and i said this about roman but they have mastered the art of like old school, I guess that's the word I can use, but old school, slow pace, methodical pacing of wrestling. That's what made this match that much better, I think. And it just, it kept building and kept building and kept building. So, and, and, and you had that thought like, okay, like at least I did. Like Roman is probably not going to get pinned going into it. That's what I thought. Again, Shadow had called that too. I'll give credit where credit's due. <clears throat> but but like I, I just I didn't see it happening. Like if, if anything, I thought Solo was gonna get was gonna eat the pin. But during the course of the match, I'm thinking like, okay, I don't think that Solo and Roman are gonna lose. Like it just didn't look like it. But that spot where uh, Solo had missed that splash and on through through the table, I was like, okay, now the momentum is really picking up and it's on the side of the Usos specifically. Um, I, I definitely like this spot where. They had like the multiple uh, ricochets. Like they they had, uh, I think Roman had hit a Superman punch, and then Jay hit him with a super kick. He, he ricocheted, came back off the ropes again, and then he hit him with with, uh, with a spear. That was a great sequence, I think, there too as well. But of course, the ultimate ending with Roman being pinned one two three with his shoulders to the mat for the first time in three years now is crazy, uh, and I think there couldn't have been a better ending. Now what they need to do is they need to hone in on the character development for Roman. Now, in a perfect world, this would happen. And personally, this is how I would write it. But I would have Roman get out of his character a bit. Well, a lot of it, actually. And not be... I even said this on Boss, Boss, and Share Shots. Will, you probably remember when I said this. But I want to see Roman now develop a new kind of character and, and sort of start just losing his mind because essentially his world around him is falling apart. Like he's lost to Usos. Solo is in okay. doubt. They, they just, he just lost his first match and he, and he hates losing. Obviously he's an egotistical maniac, but I want to see that. I don't want to see him come out on SmackDown and him, him be this put together, you know, this mob boss mentality, all calm, acknowledge me. No, screw that. Have him start to lose his freaking mind and like just just be a maniac, an egotistical maniac. That's what I would want to see because then it would it would just it, it would just again it'd be the icing on the cake for this entire storyline that they've been telling for the last two and a half, three years in this entire bloodline storyline. So amazing match. Shadow says it's it's the match for sports entertainment. I say it's the best tag team match that WWE has put on and in my vote for tag team match of the year, because I don't think storyline wise, you're going to get anything better than the bloodline civil war main event. So phenomenal match. I'm giving this match a five out of five. Excellent match. Okay. Uh, your honor, let the record show that the Walmart young buck said Jey Uso was going to pin Roman Reigns and he got laughed at. So that being said, 
It seems like a broken record every single time we have a pay-per-view match involving any member of the bloodline in the main event. Masterclass storytelling. Every single time. You can hate Roman all you want. The dude has become one of the greatest storytellers in the history of professional wrestling. And I will die on that hill with a smile on my face. If anyone disagrees, it's okay. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> You're right. Not, not, not only that, Nate, to cut you off before you go, I, I hate giving Roman this much credit, but he's really done well putting over certain talent. Yes. He gave Vince McMahon the ultimatum, if you don't let me turn heel, I'm leaving. And Vince McMahon said, fine. And now we have the greatest story ever told in professional wrestling. This is like one of those ones they're going to make documentaries about. They're going to make TV shows about. They're going to dedicate entire, you know. 30, 30. A&E is already like, let's do this. Like, <laughs> fucking, the bloodline is going to be a stable that goes into the Hall of Fame as a stable. Jimmy and Jay are going to go into the Hall of Fame as a tag team. Roman Reigns is going to go into the Hall of Fame by himself, obviously. Um I think every single person who has worked with the bloodline in the last year is better off than they were before. Uh, that includes Roman. That includes Solo Sokoa, a guy who admittedly I said I didn't think was ready for the main roster when he showed up at Clash at the Castle last year. I was happily proven wrong. I will admit that any day of the week. I was fucking wrong. Dude is going to be a world champion someday. Jimmy and Jay. Everyone was talking about how Jimmy didn't have any character development in this in this whole storyline. And for the most part, he really didn't up until a few months ago. They started focusing on Jimmy a little more. And what happens? Jimmy is the first one to turn on Roman Reigns. That's not, you know, besides Sami Zayn, but the first in the family to turn on Roman Reigns. Jay follows suit. Solo's on the fence. He's very clearly on the fence right now. And there, there's just... So many goddamn moving parts at any time because Paul Heyman's always in the background manipulating. What's Paul Heyman going to do? Is he going to turn on Roman? Is he going to side with Solo Sokoa? Like, what's going to happen? We don't know. That's the beauty of it. Jay getting the pin on Roman Reigns is the greatest and only way that that match was supposed to end from the get-go. Jay was the first one manipulated into the bloodline by Roman Reigns. Jay is the first person to ever pin Roman Reigns on the main roster. Jay Uso was the first ever in the family to challenge Roman for the WWE Championship or Universal Championship. Like the story has always been about Jay. You know, like in a way, it's always been about Jay Uso. And I think Jay Uso will be a world champion at some point in the next two or three years. I firmly believe that. Um, and he deserves it. If you ever had what's that? I said, if you ever had any doubt that the Usos were arguably the greatest tag team in WWE history, last night solidified them as that, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. And so I, I say this, I've been saying this for a while too. The Usos, I think, are inarguably the best tag team in the history of WWE. I don't think anyone has even close to an argument anymore. Like the New Day? Absolutely not. The New Day is fantastic and deserve to be Hall of Famers. Absolutely. I would I would argue that potentially the best in pro wrestling at this point. The Usos changed the game. 
they they have changed the way tag team wrestling is performed at the highest level. They main evented WrestleMania in a tag team championship match. How many times have the tag team titles main evented any pay per view, let alone WrestleMania? You probably not can't even the great, them. not even What's the that? great TLC match, not even the great TLC matches were main events. No, WrestleMania one had a had a tag team main event between a celebrity and Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. And it was not for a title. It was just a, you know, a way to get eyes on the product. And it worked, obviously. But no, I, I can't think of match any like pay-per-view where the tag team titles main evented. And they deservedly, deservedly main evented. It's not because of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It's because of the Utos. It's because of the prestige they bring to that tag title division. They were the only constants in that tag team division so many times when it was just on life support. They are the greatest tag team in the history of WWE, possibly pro wrestling. That's a discussion for another time also. Um, you could make arguments for the Briscoes. You could make arguments for the Bucks. I know Shadow wants to vomit for me saying that. No, I, I, I appreciate the Bucks. I'm not saying I don't. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> Um, but that match is a four point nine out of five, and the only reason I, I the only reason I can't put it at a five is probably the same. It's the same mentality I have that Will has. I compare it to my favorite matches of all time. I compare these big matches when they're this good. I compare them to the greatest matches of all time, in my opinion. My favorite match of all time is Michael's Taker. Uh, Michael's Taker WrestleMania twenty five. I also think Sheamus and Gunther is up there as a five-star match. I also think Steamboat Savage is up there as a five-star match. Um, yeah, That's the only thing that separates it from being a five is that I don't think it was a complete – it was a storyline game-changer, absolutely, but I don't think it changes the game of pro wrestling right now. We don't know Fair. if it will. The impact is going to – maybe the impact is still felt 10 years from now. Who knows? But this is going to be. This will be one of those matches that's talked about for a long time. Um, as the resident old head, as well, I'll chime in that Shadow's absolutely right. In the WWE, a hundred percent, they're they're up there now as being one of the greatest tag team, if not the greatest tag team. But speaking into territory wrestling, even if you get into your LODs and you get into your Steiners, and you get into your Midnight Express rock and roll, you start looking at all of these teams. Keep in mind what they had to do versus what the Usos have done. Those, And this is me speaking, the, you know, the old man on the porch, right? Those guys in the territories only had to dominate one territory. Mm -hmm. They weren't on a national level. And, you know, the Usos, if you look at the work rate since the, since the COVID era happened and beyond, the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, have had the highest work rate of anybody in WWE. So I would easily say all of pro wrestling history, the Usos have to almost guaranteed be a spot in that Mount Rushmore top four without question. And that's taking into everybody. And so and That's one of my things. Like how many tag teams had runs that have lasted this long too? Like without ever breaking up for one. And, like, the only time that they were apart from each other was when Jimmy was injured for nine months. Like, that, that's it. They were still a tag team. And yeah. the, the, the amount of times that they have been in a situation where that tag team division was just struggling for life. It was on life support. Couldn't breathe. It was just in the gutter. Makeshift teams that made no sense were in there. Sheamus and Cesaro, yes, great tag team as it turned out to be makeshift because they've had no tag teams 
Jimmy and G, Jimmy and Jay have been that constant, and they elevate every single tag team that gets in the ring with them. Every single one. But yes, I, I firmly believe that they're the greatest in hey, WWE history. Hang on, Will. Can you just do the quick plugs, and then we'll let you skedaddle out of here? Yes. Thank you, as always, guys, for allowing me into the off the top media genre and channel. Um, for those of you who are interested in my shenanigans elsewhere, you can check my link tree at the Will Gray. I'm the host and lead writer of Botch Bots and Share Shots. You can find us Sunday night at 7 p.m. at Rivet City Radio. Uh, we are the podcast network, the the sort of pirate radio station that oversees the the broken wrestling podcast. Off the top media, Botch Bots and Share Shots. All go to Rivet City Radio. So check out the Patreon. I love you. See you, Will. Thank Bye, you. Will. Bye, Will. And before before we kind of sign off and talk about our overall grades for the show, I, I just I want I want to have a little just a quick little question for you guys. Like, is there any tag team that you can realistically compare with the Usos as far as how game changing they they were? I want to say the Br- they were. Hello, dude. I, I, I would put more recency bias into this because I don't pay attention much to the old stuff as I probably should. Um, you could argue DX or excuse me, the new age outlaws, um, for their time, they changed. Um, you could argue the Dudleys, you could argue Edge and Christian, the Hardys, they changed it complete tag team. They bought tag team wrestling back to the forefront of wrestling. Um, other than that, I have a hard time. You can argue the Briscoes, but I mean, they were always indie guys. Not that there's anything wrong with indie. Right. Uh, it, it's I, tough, right? Like, like Will yeah. said, on the world stage, it's hard not to put them on that floor. Right. The And the thing that I say, I mean, Cam, you said LOD. That's not a, that's definitely not a bad option, but in WWE, what did LOD really do? They didn't, they were only in WWE for like two years. And I think I, I think I kind of meant more on just the professional wrestling side of things. Right. They they um, they were they were kind of they were everywhere for a while. WWE right. kind of and yeah they, they were kind of one hundred percent dropped the ball with them. I I, I agree for with sure. that um, for sure. But, but before again, then, I, I think they were they were just they were the tag team for that time period because they were right. just everywhere. They were just megastars. So I, I think they they put for me I would say they put tag team wrestling on the map because I don't know how big tag team wrestling was before them. So uh, the, yeah. I mean the only thing that I can say is tag team wrestling was thriving when LOD was around, and yes, they are probably the biggest reason for that. Uh, but there were also you know there was all kinds of other tag teams out there that were just kicking ass and making iconic names for themselves. And that's the that is the only thing that to me separates the Usos from LOD is because the Usos they didn't have that wealth of talent for the beginning stages of their career. LOD did, and yes, LOD. I will never ever ever take away anything that those men accomplished. They are icons. They deserve every single ounce of legendary status that they have. Hawk and Animal Man and Paul Ellering with them too. Fuck yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's where the Usos kind of edged them out a little bit. And that, again, just my opinion. I love Legion of Doom. I love those guys. They are, they did help put tag team wrestling on the match and on the map. And I really, really wish WWE had done better with them. And it hurts me to say that they didn't. <laughs> um, Sammy, any thoughts? 
Oh, sorry. I was just thinking about anyone being in wrestling again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just really, if you can't tell, I'm just really, really upset about the situation. <laughs> but the shadow, though, shadow did when when that situation happened, and, and I was on live, and, and I got upset and walked away, and I came back, and he was in the box wanting to come up, and like he he was trying to do feel better, and I appreciate that. He was he's like like he could still come back. There's still um Rand, no, what did you say? There's still um Cody and Dom because I think going with Cody. There's still uh Roman and Jay Same, like Roman. what are you talking about? I don't <laughs> know. Shadow's what I'm talking about. I don't know. It, it, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. <laughs> what? <laughs> that wasn't I mean, I mean it was a good pay per view. It was a good pay per view. I mean it was a good pay per view. I'm no sorry, I had Ray born all my life. Well, the, question the question was about tag teams. Do you think oh. that there are tag teams that compare to the Usos? I thought you meant for the pay per view. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm good. Randy. Oh, well, you know what? RK Bro, let's bring them back. Come on. <laughs> I don't need them anymore. I'm sorry, guys. Shadow, overall grade of the pay per view, what would you say? What are you doing? One yeah. out of ten? One out of five? What, what are we doing to scale from? Hey, my connection dropped for a second. I missed something. What happened? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I was just saying, hey, what would you rate the show as a whole? And I think as the show, we're going to go out of ten because that's what we did with our predictions. All right. So <laughs> I said it I said it last night. I said it again today. I'd give the show a four, but what really changed my mood on it was the Bloodline Civil War, and I bought it up to a seven for me. Okay, Sammy. Like Shadow, I I was thinking the show a zero. Okay, but since Seth, I know like like one week being nice, but since Seth won the title bag, well he had he did one. Just because Seth and the Bloodline, I'm gonna give it a six. Okay, Cam. Uh, I'm gonna say a six point five. I obviously believe that the Bloodline. Main event carried once again. This is probably like the third pay-per-view in a row that that's carried the entire show. Um, there were some okay things, some good things uh, in between that. Uh, like I said, once again, I, I there was at least two times when I genuinely got kind of bored um, with it. But yeah, the Bloodline storyline easily carried. So I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. It was an okay show. Y'all are harsh. God damn. Well, um, I feel like all of them so half the uh, matches were like really short when they should have been a little bit longer. In my, in, like my opinion. Fair enough. Me too, Will. Um, so my my rating is actually going to be right where I thought it was going to be, and it's because of the red hot crowd from start to finish, the surprise John Cena appearance, um, every single match telling a coherent, clear, understandable story. Um, definitely made up for the potential lack of not bad in-ring content. I mean, you know, there wasn't bad in-ring content in any of the matches. Um, but, like, I guess lack of, what's the word, matches that blew me away. You know what I mean? Um, the, the, the women's Money in the Bank match and the main event, the Bloodline Civil War, those matches absolutely blew me away. Absolutely. Um, but because there was coherent, clear, understandable storytelling throughout the night from start to finish, I give this show an eight. 
it definitely um, makes up for any shortcomings that happened in the matches because everything meant something to me. So uh, with that, um, I don't know if you guys heard or paid attention. SmackDown and Money in the Bank became SmackDown for the highest grossing SmackDown ever. And Money in the Bank was the highest grossing arena event ever in WWE history. Any highest grossing arena event? So, like, not counting any stadium shows. Yeah, a, a arena event. God damn. That's crazy. Did, did Triple H say that at the presser, or is that, like, just coming out? I think that was said at the presser. I'm just getting information about certain stuff now. So Damn. I let, I, let, I turned off the presser and went home from Casey's house during Raquel and Liv's interview because I, I didn't want to hear Raquel talk. Fair um, enough. <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm leaving. She didn't try um, to flex on you in the interview? Damn. <laughs> Listen, I know she's got back muscles, but she's got to come up with more of a gimmick than that. I mean, her boyfriend's gimmick is shittier, too. So, anyways. I mean, her boyfriend has cervical uh, fusion surgery, just like Edge did, so he might not ever wrestle ever again. Who? Who? Roman. Oh, okay. He did have triple fusion neck surgery, just like Edge. Yeah. Takes a lot to... Takes a lot to hurt that man's neck. But, anyways, are there any final thoughts from anybody before we sign off tonight? Nah, blood. Ryan for Randy Orton. Ryan for Randy Orton. Nah, fam. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shadow, where can we find you, buddy? You know where to find me if you don't fuck off. Wow. Uh, it's hard to see you through can, all that smoke in Canada, though, so I don't know, you, I don't you, know where you're at. Listen, you can find me on TikTok. <laughs> if, if you don't know my handle by now, why are you here? Um, <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah, nothing else really other than uh, I, I think we lost Sammy. She disappeared off my screen. Uh, I'm right here. What are you talking about? I'm right here on the screen. Speaking of Sammy, where can we find you? That's that Canadian connection. Oh, I know. It's, it's not to smoke. Um, Sammy XO29 because I lost my live ability access on my main account these days. I don't know why. Right. TikTok hates me. TikTok hates me. I really was doing nothing. And Instagram, <laughs> Sammy XO43. And yeah, yay! Go and you see my the picture. I have merch links in my profile. Check it out. Cam, where can we find you, man? You can find me on the tickety tockety. I am the slamming sandwich maker. You can find me on TikTok Ooh. at Cam's Wrestling Corner. And if you don't like that, then you can find me on my other TikTok page with all things nerd lore at Call Me Cam G. If that does not sizzle your bacon, you can find me on Instagram at 317 Bacon Eggs and Cam. <laughs> That's clever. I'm make it. All right. And before I'll tell you where I am, let me just throw this out there. You can find all of us on Off the Top Media on Twitch and YouTube and uh, our on Spotify and Rivet City Radio, um, Off the Top Media on TikTok. Uh, we just, we're everywhere. It's hard Nate, to not find us. Before Nate uh, goes on, Going off what Nate said, make sure to head over to YouTube. Give us a subscription. We're on the drive to 500 right now. We're so close. Let's get there, guys. And make sure to hit up our link trees for merch. So help us support you by putting on content that entertains you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, buddy. And last but most certainly least, because I suck, 
You can find me on TikTok at NateMacRWB. Instagram, don't follow me unless I know you. Facebook, don't add me unless I motherfucking know you. Um, there's a link to my bio. <laughs> you can follow mm -hmm. me. You can find merch for all of us, too. Um, give us some love. Follow us on YouTube, Off the Top Media. Get us that subscription. Let's go. Everybody, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you for joining us in the chat over on Twitch. And we will uh, announce our next show shortly. Everyone woo, have a woo. great rest of your night. Jey Uso pinned Roman Reigns. Fuck yeah. <laughs> great for Randy.